This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 210 of the podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me once again this week, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am very well, Chadwick. Very well. That's pretty good. I like it. All right. (laughs) We got got lots of talk about this week, and we're going to jump into it. But before we do, I actually want to uh, toss in a little uh, note here. For those of you that listen to this before Sunday, June the 3rd, you may have heard that Chris Garber, another uh, Red Leg Nation author, and I uh, wrote a book called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds. And I wanted to mention this off the top. June the 3rd, 1 o'clock at the Barnes & Noble in Westchester, if you're in the Cincinnati area. The Barnes & Noble in Westchester, Sunday, June 3rd, 1 o'clock. Chris and I are going to be there uh, signing books, talking to people. And uh, and if you mention the the podcast and ask me who my favorite Reds pitcher is, maybe I'll have a surprise for you. What do you think about that, Jason? I would would be excited for that surprise if I were somebody. (laughs) So... Who is your favorite Reds pitcher? Oh, Jason, you, 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 know, you know who it is. I know, well, I think, but you know, sometimes you're you're changeable, Chad. Okay, so do you think it may have changed since last week? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, let me. Well, let me think. It's it's a sort of a tie. I mean, I like Mario Soto. Grew up loving Mario Soto, but he's not he's not it. Um, Johnny Cueto, oh, Jose Rijo, Tom Browning, all those guys. I, I love those guys as pitchers. Um, but if you one, who's your who's your absolute? Probably it would have to be Luis Alberto Abonia. I thought you might say that. <laughs> you had an idea that I might say that, huh? Yeah. Um, so that's what you, if you uh, mention the podcast when you come Sunday, June third, Barnes and Noble, Westchester, one o'clock. You come see me and Chris, and uh, if you mention the the podcast, uh, you may just get a a mention of our buddy Luis Alberto. All right, we're not we're not going to talk about Lisa Alberto Bonilla much more. I'm sure I'll mention him later because I have this I have a problem, frankly. But you hope that everybody appreciates how quickly we got that out of the way this time. <laughs> no, I don't. I said, am I going to go ahead and say it here and just get it out of the way? Or I appreciate nope. you prompting that because everyone is happy that we don't have to listen to that again. Yeah. Hopefully, you never know. Uh, the podcast is still young, but we're going to start out talking about a different guy, and this guy's name is Jesse Winka. No, that doesn't work. Jesse Winker. Have you heard of Jesse Winker, Jason Linden? I have heard of him. He what? plays baseball. Does he? Well, when the Red will let him. Not as often as he used to play. Chad, I'm just going to go there. This is stupid. <laughs> well, let's For those of you that have been under a rock, let's just go ahead and, and set the table, and then I'm going to let Jason tell you why it is stupid. And I'll go ahead and say off the top of the... Of, of the the, the topic here, I absolutely 100% agree it's stupid. Jesse Winker, the Reds announced, uh, Jim Riggleman, he's the Reds' uh, interim manager, announced this week that Jesse Winker is being benched. They started out the season with a four-man outfield rotation, and they have decided out of those four men, Billy Hamilton, Scott Schebler, Adam Duvall, and Jesse Winker, 
they decided that Jesse Winker needs to be benched and has lost a spot in that rotation. Now, my opinion is Jesse Winker, and we've been saying this since before the season, both of us, we've been consistent. He should be number one in that rotation. Yes. Yes, unequivocally. Like, it makes no sense for him to be anything other than the one outfielder who's guaranteed a starting starting spot. He's 24. He's the one guy on the team who has a chance to be on the next good Reds team. It's just... And, Chad, why... (laughs) What is what is the organizational obsession with Adam Duvall? I don't understand. Like, I get that he was like pretty good for like a season and a half, but he's been terrible for almost a full calendar year, and he's twenty nine. Like, he's an all star, Jason. He was in the home run derby, Jason. So was, so was Jack Armstrong. How's that? How'd that work out for? He got a championship ring. Yeah, he did, and it wasn't because of him. That's true. Since, okay. Because I since July 1st of last year, 528 plate appearances. For Adam, Adam du- Duvall. Adam Duvall is hitting 199, 271, 394. 199 batting average. Yes. Two, what was the on-base percentage? 71 on-base percentage, 394 slugging percentage. Those are horrifically bad numbers. Those are those are Billy Hamilton numbers, and Adam Duvall isn't fat, as fast as Billy Hamilton. Okay, now I'm not going to sit here and listen to you defame Billy Hamilton, who's the greatest player of all time. Let's focus this our ire today on Jim Riggleman, Reds management, and Adam Duvall, please. Yeah, and well, and it's like, you know, I, I always say this, and I, I've said this on Twitter a few times recently. There's nothing against that. I know Adam Duvall is trying his hardest. Like, I don't have a, a, a an axe to grind against Adam Duvall. But he's not playing well, and he hasn't played well for a long time, and he's on the wrong side of the aging curve. There's no reason for him to have a starting spot in any major league out. Whereas, go ahead, go ahead. Winker, like, is, I mean, admittedly, he's played poorly for, what, about, like, a month now? Yeah, about a month, yeah. A little well, less. Lord, let's, let's bench everybody who has a bad month. Like, come on. At age 24. Yeah, like, it's, it's ridiculous. He should absolutely be playing. Every single day. The idea that 80 plate appearances or whatever means that he's not ready to start. No, it's stupid. It's stupid. It, it is. I mean, it's a, a just. It's objectively not a smart decision, and I think anyone, any observer would note that. And I want to thank you for actually uh, saying that about Adam Duvall a moment ago, because I said let's focus our ire on yeah. Adam Duvall, and I didn't really mean that because we say this all the time on the podcast uh, about lots of players, not just Duvall, certainly, but hey, there's no reason to believe Duvall's not absolutely trying as hard as he can to be the best player possible for the Reds. You know, he's not produced. Um, okay, it is what it is. He's the player who he is. Major League Baseball is hard. Playing baseball yeah. is hard, and he's not producing. Okay, and he's going to be 30. Yeah. How, how he gets the, first of all, with just a track record of basically a season and a half, uh, how he is sort of the incumbent and gets the benefit of the doubt over Jesse Winker, it makes no sense to me. It's not like Adam Duvall had been, you know, for the last seven years, the starting left fielder for the team and been a, a star. I, I just, I don't understand the reasoning. I can't come up with any objectively, any serious reason. If you're trying to be serious about what's best for this organization, there's no other option right now other than that Jesse Winker 
plays every day, and you shuffle the other three guys. Matter of fact, actually, I would say give Shebler primary at bats over Duvall as well because he's still young enough to possibly be a piece. Um, if, if I were managing the outfield, this is probably how it would work: is this in a large outfield, your starting lineup is Winker, Hamilton, Shebler. In smaller parks, it's Winker, Shebler, Duvall. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously that gets adjusted day to day depending on what's happening, yeah. but just sort of as, as a as a general overview of how the outfield should look. And I, it sort of comes down to a, a Winker versus Duvall thing here. Because yeah. because Billy Hamilton, I mean, we sort of understand why he's playing. He is elite defensively, so you know you can kind of squint, and even though he's just looking even worse than ever at the plate in some respects, doing some decent things to the plate this year, but looking worse in other respects. You can make well, a case for him, and you can make a case for Shebler, but Duvall, I just I don't understand why he, you know, I don't I don't understand why they would choose him over Winker in a, in a situation where the Reds are supposed to be rebuilding. Yeah, and I mean, what drives me just completely crazy, just utterly crazy, is that for the season, in terms of, like, actual hitting of the baseball, okay? <laughs> that seems important. Right. And I'm just going to use W1 runs creative plus. People might like that. They might not. Basically, it just tells us how far, how close to average a hitter is, where 100 is average, right? right. So, Scott Shevler's 103, so he's a little bit better than average. Cool. Great. And Shevler's been roughly average the last couple of years. Yeah. Winker is at 91. He's a little below average. Okay, that's cool. Like, he's 24. He's a kid, you don't bench a 24-year-old because he's been a little bit below average for a, a little while. At the beginning of his career. Right, at the beginning of his career. Adam Duvall is at 76. He is well below average. Yeah. Like, well below average. And then Billy Hamilton's at 63. So Adam Duvall is closer to Billy Hamilton than he is to Jesse Winker. Why is he getting – why? Why? And, and you know, Joe Fan. You're going to tell the average guy, not the listener of Red Leg Nation Radio, because you, our listeners, our dear listeners, are certainly more uh, advanced and more uh, capable of nuance than, you know, the the mouth breathers that call in to talk radio. Uh, but the average fan's going to say, Adam Duvall was an all-star. J.C. Winker's a rookie. What's the problem? And here, the problem is, if you're just going to compare those two, well, and those same people will say, well, Winker's not done anything to prove he deserves the shot. Even though he's been poor the last three weeks to a month, He's still hitting better on the season than Adam Duvall. And then if you add in last year's numbers, the, yeah. the, the difference becomes even more stark. I don't get it. I just I mean I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it at all. Not a bit. There's there's no no. There there's no logical reason for this. It makes absolutely no sense. Like I get that there are things that Winker needs to work on. I agree that there are things that he needs to work on. He's flawed. We're not saying he's the greatest player ever. But there's, I mean, there is nothing in his profile that suggests that we should expect this slump to continue. Absolutely nothing. His right. plate discipline is good. He hits the ball hard about as often as you would want a corner, corner outfielder to do. Like, there's, it's, you know, baseball is a weird and random sport, and everybody's got to realize that. Like, you know, Jesse Winker is hitting more line drives this year than he hit last year. Yeah. He has fewer ground balls. Like, this should lead to improved performance. He, he's hitting the ball harder this year than he hit it last year, if you look at, if you break things down. So what you're looking at here, it's just, it's just plain bad luck. That's all it is. Inventing well, him. bad luck plus, some of it you can attribute to the struggles of a kid. 
learning the major leagues for the first time and pitchers adjusting to him. But you're right. A lot of it is just it's going to get ironed out. It is it is short sighted to the point of being moronic, frankly, on the front on the part of anyone who is running the Reds to bench Jesse Winker in favor of Adam. Yeah. And, And here's what gets me. All we've heard the last couple of days is, well, Winker's been awful. He's not done anything to deserve this. Okay, he's not been good lately. I'll concede that. But I look at the season-long stats for just this year. His on-base percentage is three fifty-four. Yeah. How many years would we have killed to have a three fifty-four on-base percentage in the leadoff spot? Every no. year except for uh, Shinsu Chu's year here in Cincinnati. Oh. Every other know, year. One of the things that just kills me, you know, it's been a while since I've gone on a sample size rant, but we're talking about 178 plate appearances. Right? In the majors, he only has 315 plate appearances. That's half a season. Yeah. And over that half of season, he's half of a season, he's been above average as a hitter. What's his on base percentage? Do you have that in front of his on base percentage during yeah, his entire major league career? Three. That's his current career on base. I'm sorry. Say it again. 363 is his current career on base. 363, which would have made him. Uh, I, I tweeted this recently. Jesse Winker's on base percentage is exactly as rare as Adam Duvall's thirty home runs. All right, I saw that. I saw that tweet because I do follow you on Twitter, even though you don't follow me, at uh, Jason Linden on Twitter. And so I uh, guess the, the 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 crux of that argument is there were thirty six people or something that had that on base well, percentage. Riggleman had that quote. He's like, "Well, you can't ignore that these guys each hit thirty home runs." And I was like, "All right." What's Jesse Winker's on base percentage? Where where would he have ranked? Because he you know he didn't qualify last year as he was you know didn't have enough plate appearances. But if you take his current career on base percentage, where would that have ranked last year? And thirty home runs last year ranked you thirty seventh. And the three sixty three on base percentage, which is what Jesse Winker has, I didn't make this up. It's just one of those beautiful things that happened. Would have ranked you thirty seventh last year. And the point is, yes, you can't ignore that Adam Duvall is a thirty home run guy, but right. that skill. Is uh, ex, you know as rare as what Jesse Winker provides that Duvall doesn't, right? The on base percentage, yeah. And so if you've got two players who are equally skillful, and I'm not even remotely ready to concede that they're equally skillful with the bat, I think Jesse Winker is a better hitter. And one of them is 24 and has a chance to be on your next good team, and one of them is 29 and looks like he's turning into a pumpkin. Who you start? Listen, Winker, three fifty four on base percentage is probably that's probably his basement. I know he's not hitting with power. I know his defense is has been fairly lousy. He's playing out of position right now. But that on base percentage at age twenty four with only a half a season in the big leagues, this is a kid I want to see hit against major league pitching. I want to see him grow as a hitter. Yeah. Why can't but, we see that during a quote unquote rebuild? And, I mean, think about what we've seen. Like, you know, we watched it with, like, with Suarez. We watched him, like, you know, he would be hot for a while and cool off and hot, you know, like a lot of young players are. And look at him now. Oh, let's look at him now. I love looking at his stats. Yeah, he is, uh, I'll, I'll topic shift here for just a second. He is on pace right now to have one of the best seasons for a third baseman in Cincinnati Reds history. Even better than Wayne Krenchicki? Even better than Wayne Krinchecki, who I know is your favorite Red of all time. Now you're just being silly, Jason Linden. Um, no, if not for the injury, he's currently on five to have a top on um, pace to have a top five season. If not for the injury, he would be on pace to be bested only by Tony Perez's 1970 season. Like, 
you would be on pace to have nearly eight wins above replacement this year, if not for the injury. Yeah, he's in the conversation with Tony Perez and the immortal Heine Grow. Yes, the immortal Heine Grow. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Suarez. We can, you know, the way we sometimes sort of drift off and, and talk dreamily about Joey Votto, it's getting to that area with Eugenio Suarez, too, isn't oh, it? He's just great. And he's yeah. so much fun, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's really. When, when you have a player who is both good and can teach you to salsa dance, like, <laughs> what do you need from life? The Reds are garbage right now, but I don't know that I would take two players from any team over Votto and Suarez as sort of like the two guys to anchor the team, but just because they're fun. They're just both fun. And they're, they're fun and really good. Really they're good at baseball. Football players. Yeah, so. So so about back to Winker first before we uh, get back to, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Votto lately, later, excuse me, but uh, about Jesse Winker. The first comment I had when I saw it was, well, facepalm, first thing. Are, are you serious? And then I said, is this a rebuild or isn't it? And that's what that's what gets me. Are, are we in a rebuild or are we not? Now, I know that the, some, the argument someone want to make is, well, the Reds are trying to build some values thing, trade those guys. Well, okay, that may be your only uh, – I don't even think it's a reasonable argument, but that's the only argument in favor of benching Jesse. I can't, I can't believe we're talking about benching Jesse Winker. But it's completely inconsistent with the Reds uh, saying that they're in a rebuild and that this is a year to see what their pl- young players have and to, a chance to grow so that we can be competitive soon. It's com- Am I wrong in saying it's completely inconsistent with that? It's utterly, utterly and completely inconsistent. It makes, it, listen, what day, what day is the draft? Uh, it's, uh, is it Monday? That, that sounds about right. I think so. It's like the 4th or 5th. I'll give them until June 10th. If a trade hasn't been made by June 10th for where one of these outfielders leaves, then the Reds then the Reds front office has officially lost me and I have no faith in them. Okay, yeah, I mean... If you're going to bench, it better be because there is a trade that's imminent and you need to get the draft out of the way first before you can nail down the details. Maybe. If, if Jesse Winker is not back in the lineup by June 10th, I'm done with the front office. Maybe, but you know, I don't even see that. Just go if you went with just a four-man rotation that you've been doing all season for that time. I don't see how you're going to showcase any of them more, and you're actively harming a guy that could be one of the uh, you know contributing players to yeah. the next good Reds team. Although I'm starting to wonder if if Jesse Winker won't be a senior citizen by the time the next good Reds team shows up in Cincinnati. Um, so let's just let's let's talk about the uh, the hash brown rebuild. Or is that hashtag? Hash Brown Rebuild. Hash Browns are more fun. That's true. Um, I, is this a rebuild or isn't it? That was my com- comment. And uh, yesterday, or maybe it was today, I don't know, recently at theathletic.com, our buddy Mo Egger had a piece about uh, the Winker news and about uh, how it's making him sort of feel. And you're talking about being done with the front office. And it's really a frustrating situation for me because you know, I've met Dick Williams talked with him a number of times. He's been on the podcast uh, before. I think he's a smart guy. He's really open to analytics, and uh, I've been impressed with him. Nick Crawl, the current GM, he came to speak to us at our uh, Red Leg Nation get-together we had a couple years ago, and a really bright guy, really sort of uh, analytically focused guy. Uh, Very impressed with Nick Crawl and the times I've had a chance to speak with him. I I have a 
fairly high opinion of these guys, and 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 I have for the last little bit. But yeah. but but what Mo Egger uh, put into words, I thought was fantastic, uh, and it really sort of crystallized the way I'm feeling right now. And, and uh, I haven't lost faith in this front office yet because I do think there's some smart guys there that know what they're doing. But what Mo what Mo said really. It crystallized pretty well what I was thinking. I'm just going to read a couple of, of, of quotes uh, from Mo's piece at TheAthletic.com. The problem is that it's very hard for fans to get completely behind the never-ending rebuild when it feels like the Reds aren't fully committed to it themselves. Winker may or may not be a big part of this team's future, but I'm willing to bet that most of us could stomach him going through growing pains if it meant that day-in, day-out reps were helping him improve and allowing the team and us to see what he can do. And then later in the piece he said, maybe not playing Jesse Winker shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it feels like one. And that's a perfect sentence. Maybe it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it feels like one. Any sense of optimism that's built over the last three years, he's talking to us here, Jason, any sense of optimism that's been, that's built over the last three years has been based on the belief that no matter what was happening in the standings, a nice group of young players was being built up. And in due time, those players would be given a chance across a number of patience-testing seasons to show what they could do. Benching Winker after he's had one unproductive month goes a long way toward extinguishing optimism and ratchets up the growing lack of trust and impatience with a rebuilding process that seemingly has neither an end nor a direction. But hey, at least yesterday's win allowed him to keep pace with the Brewers 16 games back. Now, that's it. Why can't, why can't we see the kids over trying to win ball games in a season where you're already 16 games out? Any thoughts? I, no, I don't. I agree with that statement in its entirety. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there comes a point. You, you, you know, I think you and I have said things similar to this a lot, which is that all things being equal, if the Reds were doing everything else like we thought it should be done, I wouldn't be that stressed about it. One little thing, I would disagree, but I'd be like, well, you know, whatever. But they, they don't. Like, they just keep they don't. screwing up. You know, and I mean, I will give them credit for sticking Homer in the bullpen where he probably belongs now. But, hmm. you know, it, and the thing, the most frustrating thing about this is you can't even make the case that they're playing, they're, they're making a Southfield decision based on player performance. Because Adam Duvall has been far and away the worst hitter. Right. On, like, on, of, of the selected group. You know, we're, because, you know, the, the thing we have to say here is that Hamilton is really the only one who can play center field. Yes, yes he's not a hitter. But, the other guys can't play center. They just can't. Right. Huge drop off. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that matters. Probably, it's probably, frankly, right now, what's keeping Jose Peraza in the lineup at shortstop. Yeah. Because nobody else can play shortstop. Right. And I know people are like, let's play Alex Mondino and, and, and Scooter Jeanette in the middle infield. And we've seen that a little bit, and we've seen that it's not good. No, not both of them at the same time. No, you can you can get away with one of them if you have a capable defender at the other position. And Blandino, I will say, I think is an above average fielding second baseman, but he's not a shortstop. Right. 
What you said there just a moment ago really focuses it because, which is that they're just not making good decisions. Because people are sort of, you and I, before the season, were notably optimistic. And our optimism, I think you'd agree with me on this, was based largely in part on the fact that we thought that this front office, with whom we held in fairly high regard, uh, and still do in some ways, were going to make certain decisions that would really progress the organization forward this year. And it's not just this Jesse Winker short-sighted benching. It comes on the heels of not calling up Nick Senzel. I know he's had the vertigo issue recently. He's back. But uh, when Eugenio Suarez was hurt earlier in the year, perfect opportunity to get Nick Senzel up here, and they refused to do it for, I think, cynically, uh, either uh, either it was based on uh, money reasons or it was based on just they don't understand that he's really good. But that on the heels of bringing him up, not bringing Nick Senzel up, on the heels of letting Alex Blandino just sit, rather than seeing what you've got out of him, on the and and on the heels of not having Alex Blandino on the roster for forever, because you preferred Phil Goslin and Cliff Pennington, on the heels of signing Giovanni Gallardo and letting him pitch for the team this year, it, it's just about like every single turn the Reds have made moves that don't give you a whole lot of faith that they are sticking to a plan in terms of the hash Brown rebuild. Yeah. And, and that's the most disheartening thing. And people are watching you and I be disillusioned in real time here. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, that's, that's apt. I'm, I'm just over it now. Like do it right. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over pretending that like, there could be an argument for this or an argument. No, no, it's not like the kinds of decisions the Reds are screwing up are not that difficult. They're really not. Anybody who's been paying attention to the last 20 years of baseball analysis could make these decisions better. Yeah, I just, it is, it is what it is. I, mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how you make argument for all these things, uh, you know, all these moves we've just talked about. Uh, yeah. I, I, you and I both assumed that they would, A, try to approximate the best 25 players that they had on the roster, and B, let the young players play as much as they could and try to do uh, what they could to really advance the uh, the product on the field this year. They have shown zero interest in either of those. It's zero like, interest. It, it's like if you were to go into your doctor's office and with a complaint, and have your doctor go, hmm, it seems to me like you have an excess of black bile. He's like, what? Is it the Middle Ages? What are we doing? (laughs) So what you're saying is the Reds front office is stuck in the Middle Ages. That's what I'm saying. I think they're stuck in the mid-2000s, the first decade of the 2000s. I think they're stuck in the Jim Bowden era. I think they're stuck in the 70s, frankly. Well, I think that's probably true as well, but... Um, I I hate to say this, but I think it's pretty clear that the uh, quote unquote sabermetric revolution, the analytical revolution, well, just like everything else in Cincinnati, gets here about twenty years too late. Yeah, I, I just, you might be onto something there, Mister Clemens. <laughs> I just I'm I'm baffled. I'm absolutely I, dumbfounded. I uh, yeah, yeah. 
at every turn, risk management is making the wrong decision. Yes. I hope there's something that we don't know. Yeah, but I don't think there is. I don't either, because what we do know is the Reds are on their way to their fourth consecutive 90-loss season. By the way, they they had lost four 90 games four times in the previous three decades. But uh, now they're going to lose 90 games four-plus seasons. May lose 100 this year. They're going backwards. They're absolutely going backwards. And they're not giving us any reason to hope that there's a, a, a good times ahead. I, I don't have any hope. If they're going to sit Jesse Winker in a season like this where they're not competing, I don't have any hope. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Not for the I near do. term. Is there anything good to talk about with the Cincinnati well, Reds, Jason? I was going to say, is do you know who I do know? Like I believe that I'm certain that he knows what he's doing. Is Joey Votto? Oh, Joey Votto! I like and, that guy. Uh, and as I think you know, because um, I email or text messaged you about it, or I, I want to do, I want to give us a reason. Those of us who are Reds fans, I want to give us something to do that's fun and engaging. <laughs> we need something like that. And and it's this. So one of the things that I think we've all gotten used to is that. Joey Votto, perfect that he is, is typically a bit better in the second half than he is in the first half. In the first half, he's merely one of the best first basemen or one of the best players in the league. And in the second half, he kind of just laps the field. Yeah, by far the best player. Right. And so, you know, as a result of this, for, for instance, in 2015 and in 2016, when he was undoubtedly one of the two or three best players in the league, he did not get selected to the All-Stars. And I find this, frankly, appalling. And I want to fix it. So what I want to do, starting, we're, we're recording this Thursday evening. I assume it will go up either later tonight or in the morning. All-Star voting starts on Friday. And it is officially a Red Leg Nation campaign. We are going to stuff the ballot box for Joey Votto because he's wonderful and we all know he'll be playing at all-star levels by the by the time it's there. And if he's not, then we're just writing some wrongs of the past. But we need he needs to be in the all-star game, and let's stuff the ballot box for for Mr. Votto, who is spectacular, in a way that even Jerry Seinfeld and David Letterman recognize. <laughs> I do want to talk about that. So so vote Votto into the all-star game. Do you have a good hash brown for that? I mean, hashtag? I mean, I would just say vote Votto. Let's just go with that. It's alliterative. Uh, feels a little whimsical in the way that Joey Votto feels whimsical. I think it's right. Let's do it. Hash Brown vote Votto. Seriously, uh, I think it's a great idea. You did uh, text it, and I thought immediately, oh, that's a great idea because, first of all, we've got nothing else going on with the Reds this year. They're complete garbage. The whole organization is garbage, except yeah. for uh, a, a few small bright spots, and the brightest of those bright spots is Joey Votto. And uh, it gives us something to be interested in. And so we're going to start a big uh, Red Leg Nation campaign at redlegnation.com, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere that you, f- you find us. Vote Votto. I love it. He's yes. good. And- he is good. And here's – this is my favorite my favorite recent Joey Votto stat. Let's hear it. Let's, let's – yes, let's discuss it. So I was um, – you know, I do the coffee and Votto thing. I think everybody knows that by now. I don't think we're, we're introducing this to any new people at this point. But I was like, man, you know, and I think probably everybody feels like this way. It's like, eh, you know, Votto, he hasn't really gotten going yet. You know, he's 
it's all right, but he's not he's not doing great. Joey Votto is currently number three among Major League first basemen and wins above replacement. <laughs> Even though he's not gotten it going yet. Right, he's not gotten it going, and he's still one of the like, you know, handful of best players at his position in the league. Like so mediocre special. Joey Votto is still better than virtually everyone. Else. So special. This is, I mean, you know, he's he's thirty two percent above league average, right? Now. <laughs> like, and we're all just like, come on, Joey. At age thirty four. Yeah. Oh man! I mean, it's it's spectacular. It's it's gorgeous. He's also it's a year in which he is firmly cementing himself into the record books for the Reds. He's just a season. He's entered the top ten in runs. He's entered the top ten in RBIs. Um, he's like twenty some odd hits away from passing Frank Robinson for top ten in hits. And he's currently like eleventh there. Like he's just he's he's at that point now where he's hitting all of the milestones, and he's. I, he's just great. You know, he's a wonderful player, and he is absolutely the kind of player that we should all be able to get behind and just just send him to the All Star game. Let's just let's just make Joey Votto the starter at first base in the All Star game. Let's just make it happen. We have to make it happen. Yeah, entrenched in the Reds record books, on, uh, more firmly cementing himself as a future Hall of Famer. And as you noted a minute ago, he's becoming a uh, sort of cemented also in. The pop culture narrative of this country. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen the, uh, if you have Netflix, uh, David Letterman has a sort of interview show. Not 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 your Letterman show that you remember from back in the day, where he put on a Velcro suit and would jump on a big uh, Velcro wall, and it was all fun and games. Um, he's got one where he talks to people, and it's just funny, obviously, because Letterman is hilarious. But um, it's just more of a long form conversation show that's on Netflix, and, and he had Jerry Seinfeld on. You know Jerry Seinfeld, don't you, Jason? I do know Jerry Seinfeld. It's possible I can converse entirely in Seinfeld references. Yes, and we may need to do that at some point, um, because uh, it's obviously the greatest show of all time. So Seinfeld was on Letterman's show, and they're talking, and there's this great clip, and I'm going to actually post it at redlegnation.com. Uh, we tweeted it, but we're going to post the, uh, the actual video on redlegnation.com, where Letterman... And Jerry Seinfeld are talking, and the conversation for a solid two-plus minutes turns to Joey Votto. And it's the most surreal thing ever, because these are two, like, just... I mean, Letterman and Seinfeld are legends. Well, and the, the, the best quote of all is, is Jerry Seinfeld saying, Joey Votto knows who I am. <laughs> and literally, that's the quote. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, who has more money than anyone... Who uh, you know is just revered everywhere. Joey, he's excited because Joey Votto knows who I am. <laughs> That's the way I feel. You know, Joey Votto probably doesn't know who I am, which makes yeah. me sad. But uh, you need to go watch it, and uh, you know, if you, you'll see it at Red Nation, but go watch the Netflix uh, show as well. But uh, it's just it's it's crazy how. But but basically, they were just marveling over how good Joey Votto is. And how just sort of unique he is as a professional athlete. Letterman was like, you know, he, he was coming up. He, he was on the on-deck circle, and he was talking to a bunch of the guys sitting there, you know, at the game. And he said, uh, he said, it's probably my last at bat. I just, want to th- I just want to thank you guys for coming coming out to the game tonight. And Letterman's like, who does that? Who does that? And Seinfeld had his own story about Votto, you know, uh, talking to him at the, at the game and just being nice and just, 
Is there anything that Joey Votto's not perfect at? No. And, you know, to be honest, like, uh, Joey Votto has a handful of, I think, detractors out there who I think don't understand. They don't share his sense of humor, perhaps. So, like, you know, he'll he'll troll opposing fans and stuff. And I think there are people who don't necessarily get that that's all part of the performance for Votto. Like, it's, it's all a gag. But I don't know, and I don't think you have either. I've never heard a story about Joey Votto behind the scenes that wasn't Joey Votto was a super nice guy. Joey Votto was a super nice guy. Like he just is known to be a, a pretty excellent person and an excellent ball player. And he's funny. And let's just enjoy him. Let's just, if we have nothing else, we have Joey. I mean, seriously. And I bet, I bet there are dozens and dozens and dozens of stories. I mean, we got the one from Letterman and one from Seinfeld, and we, and we know the you know the, the trolling the fans, which is all in good fun. Uh, you know, it's just his sense of humor. But uh, we had we had the thing last year with Super Bubs. You know, the, the, the unfortunate yeah. young man and uh, Votto was you know not seeking any attention. And I wonder how many stories are out there of people just Joey Votto just talking to in the on deck circle or just doing something, not trying to get any attention for it. Not yeah. trying to be anything other than just Joey Votto. And, and, and you sort of get the sense that he appreciates the fact that, I mean, he's a legend. He's the best player that I'm probably going to see for the rest of my life in a Reds uniform. I, I hope that's not true. I hope we get somebody better. But you just sort of sense that he he gets it. He understands how important he is to the, the Cincinnati area and to the franchise and that how people look up to him. And he really wears that responsibility well. And I just... I'm I'm prouder that that guy wears a Reds uniform because of how he represents this team, this city, this organization, and this fan base. How he represents us to the greater world. Um, vote Votto. I'm going to. I bet Jason will vote Votto. I will vote Votto as much as I can possibly vote Votto. Have they started the voting yet? I, haven't, I actually haven't seen it. Starts Friday. Starts, starts Friday. Starts Friday, and I did see this, and maybe this is – I saw a tweet about it. I don't know if it's actually true, but I'm told that Jesse Winker's on the ballot, but Adam Duvall is not. <laughs> That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. Really? But we're ignoring that. You can vote for whoever else you want. I don't care. But if you don't vote for anyone, go vote for Joseph Daniel Votto. We call him Joey. Yes. Vote for Joey. Vote for Joey. Vote for Joey. And 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 if you want to, you can you can also write in. I don't know, maybe Liz Alberto Bonilla. <laughs> no, don't write in Liz Alberto Bonilla. Vote for Homer, vote. vote for Homer Bailey. Oh yeah, we don't vote for pitchers. Oh. Vote for Dino. Vote for Eugenio Suarez. Seriously, I mean, uh, truth of the matter is. Absolutely, you can with a good conscience vote for, vote Votto, because you already told why he's great. You can vote for Suarez, who's just been ridiculous, and in good conscience you can vote for Scooter Jeanette. The Reds have three guys that you, you'd feel yeah. comfortable voting for right now. Um, yeah, for sure, absolutely. For all, and, and really, Tucker Barnhart's not far away. He's had a good, he's had a really good year. I'm I'm really pleased with he's Tucker really, Barnhart. He's really developed very well. Yeah, no, I, I, there's nothing bad to say about Tucker Barnhart. So. So we're going to vote Votto. Hash Brown Vote Votto. Is that the name of this uh, podcast, Jason? Yes, Hash Brown Vote Votto. 
Hash Brown. Vote Votto. Uh, you know, I love your coffee and Votto, and I hope uh, you're going to be doing more of that uh, this summer. Uh, we, we're going to get you doing a coffee and scooter? No. How about, no. A, how about a bourbon and scooter? <laughs> I did roll something else out today, did you see? What did you roll out today, Jason? Did you see it, Chad? I'm not sure. I know what you're talking about. It is at, at the suggestion of a very good friend of Coffee and Votto. Uh, it was, uh, we have rolled out a second feature, which is um, Cafe Egino. Oh, I love it. I did not see that. Was it our buddy Amy? That's my guess. No, it was not Amy. Was it, was it? A certain, it was a certain well-known carbohydrate. Carbohydrate? Uh, yeah. All right, I'm confused now. The people who need to know know. All right. Uh, it's it's a well-known carbohydrate who uh, <laughs> is pops in and out of Red's Twitter from time to time. Yeah. Okay, so Cafe E. Gino. Cafe E. Gino, yeah. I love it, because that's another fun guy to... He, what does cafe mean in the, in Spanish? Uh, it means coffee. Oh, so co- coffee. Oh, I get it now. There you go. <laughs> welcome, welcome to uh, the present with the rest of us, Chad. Exactly. I'm a little slow getting there, but I always get there eventually. Wow, Eugenio Suarez, been the best hitter on the Reds this year. Yeah, really? better, better than Votto. Listen, I've taken my lumps about Scooter. And fine, whatever. <laughs> people think it's been Scooter. No, no, no. It's been Gino. Gino has hit better than Scooter this year, and it's not. It, it, no, there's no question. Well, there, I agree. There's no question. It's way closer than I thought it would be. But here's what uh, the Joe fan's going to say: You're crazy, Jason Linden. Eugenio's batting 306. That's good. Scooter's batting 343. Yeah, cool. It's 2018. We don't look at batting average anymore. Okay, what about RB? Oh, never mind. Suarez is... Yeah, yeah hey, 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 Joe fan. <laughs> hey, Eugenio Suarez leads the league in RBIs, and he missed two weeks with a broken hand. Yeah, more than two weeks, 16 games. Yeah. Oh, man. And again, this is not a slam scooter. What a great year that guy's had. Oh, he's having a fantastic season. Love what he's putting up. I really hope the Reds can harness that on the trade market. Yeah, you know, somebody... Go ahead, <laughs> me people. Me fine you can't do anything to me that hasn't already been done jason i don't i don't want to worry you but i want you to know that i did uh, assign a uh, a piece that's going to run at red leg nation on friday about uh what it would take to sign scooter to a long-term contract uh the reds mortgaging <laughs> what little remains of their sanity <laughs> i'll read it when you see it. it's from our guy jason, uh, jordan barhorst who uh, has been doing what we call a contracts for the new core series and just explores whether it makes any sense and i think it makes a lot of points good points and i think you would agree with everything it says but but he's, he's playing great i mean it's the same thing you said about Duvall earlier is that uh, you know you don't want to criticize him but uh, you know scooter you can't deny that he's playing fantastic this year well defensively he's awful but He's killing the ball. Love it. Fantastic fielder. And and that's what I wonder. That's actually, I'm glad you pointed that out because let's talk about that for a second. If the Reds put Scooter in the outfield, I could maybe stomach him. That's not the right term, stomach him. I'm not just stomaching stomaching him right now. He's killing the ball. I'm I'm happy to have Scooter. If he hits like he hit last year and he plays a passable outfield, cool. I just don't need him at second base. And 
also in the outfield. Like, the Reds are weak as a system in the outfield. Mm-hmm. They just are. And they're not weak on the infield. No, and they're certainly not weak at second base. Right. They're, they, I mean, they have 5,000. I mean, listen. Let, everybody listen. I'm just going to list names. Scooter Jeanette, Alex Blandino, Nick Senzel, Shed Long. Those are all players who right now, regardless of how you feel about their relative talent levels, are pro- could probably be close to or right around average at least, if not better, at second base in the major leagues right now. And you forgot Ron Oster. Yes. <laughs> the worst of them, fielding-wise, is Scooter Jeanette. Ron Oster's like 50. He has to be the worst. Well, yeah, okay. But, like, I'm not sure about that, though, frankly. You're trying to be serious, and I'm just trying to trip you up, and I apologize, Jason. But, but you're Sco- right. Yeah, Scooter's Sco- the worst of them defensively. Yeah. And, and you know, in the outfield, man, after the guys who are on the roster right now, you got Irvin, who's kind of scuffled a little bit in the majors. And then, honestly, it's pretty bleak until you get to Taylor Trammell, who's still at high A. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Stick him in the outfield, see what he can do. I don't care if Duvall or Shevler sits. I mean, heck, they're the same age he is, and he's got more of a track record than they do at this point. Yeah. Like, let him stand, hang out in left field and hit the crap out of the ball. Great, but don't start him at second. And what I think, what I see here is, if you got, if you have him in the outfield, he and Winker on the corners, then uh, and Nick Senzel at second, I think you improve your offense immediately, yeah. and you improve your defense. Even if Scooter is not good in left field, he's not going to be as far below the average, in my opinion. I don't think he'll be as far below uh, average as a left fielder or right fielder as he is at second base, where he's there's. I mean, there's a pretty good case to be made. He's the worst defensive second baseman in the league. And left field just doesn't. It just doesn't matter as much as second. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle defensively as much as a middle infield position does. So, and frankly. If they move Jeanette to the outfield, my sort of trade scooter stuff, uh, yeah, I still think they should trade him if they can get a good return for him. But I can start to see how they could, uh, you know, sort of hang on to him for the next uh, year and a half, uh, yeah. and uh, and he could provide some real value because he is hitting the ball very, very well. He really is, and it's not, you know, I do have to say I have to because it's just no, don't do it. Jeff. Listen, I try really hard, and I'm not perfect. I'm I'm not, but I try really hard to be intellectually honest with like Twitter and with stuff that I write. I try to admit when I'm wrong and things of that nature. Scooter Jeanette's batting average on balls in play is 399 right now, and that's just not sustainable. It just isn't. No, it's not. But you know, concede as well if we're being intellectually honest. He's got some room to uh, to drop. Before he's, you know, he gets to be, he's, he's still got some room before, while well, he can still be a positive contributor on the offensive yeah. side of the ledger. Sure, he does. So, but I'm, what all I'm saying is, he's, Scooter Jeanette is not Joey Vaughn. No, he's not the numbers he is right now. He's he, probably a know, good hitter. Yeah, he's a good hitter. He's not Joey Votto, but he's a good hitter. Yes. So, you know, the people are like, Scooter Jeanette, no, he's, you know, Suarez is really interesting because, his batting average on balls of play is not out of whack. It's a it's a tick below three hundred, which is tells you it could come up a little bit, you know. Um, so his numbers are real, which is what you know is is really remarkable about his season. Scooter Jeanette's number he's going to regress some. He's going some. I'm not saying he's going to start stinking overnight, 
but he's gonna he's gonna come back to earth a little bit eventually because you can't be this hot forever, right? But no, he's a good hitter. Like I think you know a lot of people got the impression that I was like Scooter Jeanette is terrible. No, I don't think Scooter Jeanette's terrible. I just think that he's probably not a good piece of the next winning Reds team because of his age. If Scooter Jeanette were doing this when he was 24, 25, I would be the first person in line to say, give this man a long-term contract. And as well, if the Reds were in the pennant race right now, I want Scooter Jeanette on my team. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And that's why it's a good trade piece. Send him to somebody who's in the playoff race and needs some middle infield help. Like, they should be willing to pay for him, and a not insignificant amount. Oh, also, you know who I forgot earlier? Dilson Herrera. Dilson Herrera is healthy and a, probably a major league caliber second baseman, average or better. Yeah. So that's like five options and Ron Oster, six options. <laughs> Here's the Maybe problem. People Lee Lopez somewhere. He's still out there, I'm sure. Scooter Jeanette hit four home runs in a game, uh, Chapter 39, in the Big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. He, uh, at this point, we've seen him for almost a year and a half. I think that uh, we both will agree he's a pretty good hitter. Uh, I like having Scooter Jeanette's bat in my lineup. But if he, as he starts to regress to the mean, and you're right, he's going, he has to. <coughs> His batting average on balls and play is not sustainable. It's never been sustainable in the history of baseball. Yeah. It, when he regresses to the mean. Anybody, for anybody who's listening and anybody, you know, who wonders or whatever, they're like, because, you know, I, I try not to be too, like, ridiculous or whatever. Joey Votto's career batting average on balls and play is 353. And that's about as high as it gets. It doesn't, it, you know, if you have a Joey Votto level hitter, then they can sustain that. But anything below that. Yeah, the superstars. Yeah. yeah. There are two different things at work, though. Scooter is going to regress. But when he regresses, he's still, the first part of this is, he's still going to be probably a pretty good hitter. A guy that you like having in your lineup. But the further he regresses to the mean, the more his negative defensive value affects his overall value. If he right. can keep hitting like Joey Votto or better than Joey Votto, as he has so far this year in many respects, then the defensive problem doesn't exactly, uh, it's not as big a problem. But the closer, the more, the, the, the less he provides offensively, and he's going to provide less offensively, even though he's still very likely to, to pr- produce pretty good numbers at the plate. You know, I guess moving him to the outfield mitigates some of that damage, and it sort of gives you a, a way to keep him in the lineup without feeling like his defense is killing you or killing, and even killing his overall value. I guess I don't know. It's a, that's a tough call for the Reds organization. That's one that I don't envy the organization no, having to make. It's a legitimately tough call for sure. Um, it is. It's not black and white. That's you know, people say think that we're. If we say they need to trade him, we're being black and white, that he's awful. It's just not no. black and white. It's no. A, this it's is a not. tough call. If you were awful, trying to trade him would be pointless. Like, you're not going to get anything. Like, he's probably really is exactly the kind of player that should be traded. <clears throat> and I don't like saying it, but if you're where the Reds are, and you've got a player who's at his peak, likely to decline, that's the guy you trade. If you're in the pennant race right now, you don't trade him. No, absolutely not. No, not not a million years do you trade him if you're in the pennant race right now. It's a rebuild cycle thing. The Reds are not going to be good for another 10 years, so they need to get, uh, or fewer maybe, they tell me, uh, you know, 
it's a guy that you probably need to try to get something from because he has he could have some value on yeah. the trade market and because he's going to turn 30 before you know it and because he's likely to decline he's going to be good for a little while but he's not likely to be good for the long term this good for the long term and so but it's tough i mean he's popular he is genuinely hitting well right now and so that's a tough call and i don't that's the one we talk about these easy decisions that the reds management's whiffing on this is not one of those easy decisions in my opinion i, I can make a case either way I land firmly on one side, but I can sort of see the case either way. Yeah, and I would I would tend to agree with that. I mean, yeah, not, it's not an easy call. You're right. So uh, you know it is an easy call. Jason Linden voting for Joey Votto for the All Star game. Voting for Joey Votto for the National League All Star team. Let's make let's make him the starter. Let's, let's make, make him star starter. Let's come on. We gotta have something to have fun with. It's baseball season, and baseball's supposed to be fun. Yes, we're launching Jason's Vote Votto campaign tonight, and uh, and we're gonna push it all the way through the end of voting here in a I don't know a month or so, whenever it is. So. Anyway, Jason, that's probably about enough uh, Reds baseball for one night, don't you think? Is it possible to get enough Reds baseball <laughs> these days? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. All right, well, this is uh, Chad Dotson, at Dotson C on Twitter. Jason's at Jason Linden on Twitter. You can follow us at Red Leg Nation on Twitter and at RedLegNation.com every single day. Where we're talking about this team, we talk about getting enough of the Reds. We're writing about them and have been every single day pretty much since uh, way back in before the 2005 season. You can uh, download the podcast. Well, you have downloaded the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to us. Really appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate uh, that more and more people are, are finding us every week, and that's because you guys are talking about us. Very much appreciated. Uh, keep telling people about us if you like us. As I always say, if you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Go leave a rating and review at iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, review us, and, and and really, just just talk to us about your friends that are fellow Reds fans because uh, so gratified by the response to the podcast. Uh, come out and see me and Chris Garber at the uh, Westchester Barnes & Noble, Sunday, June the 3rd, 1 o'clock p.m., signing books and uh, talking to people. You know the question to ask me if you've listened this far. And, uh, Jason, it's always good talking to you, buddy. Always a pleasure, Chad. It is a pleasure talking to me, I know. For Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying, So long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.